0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Prospect Macarena, the Cardinals Q&A that we do. Uh, we try to do it every week. We haven't done it in a couple weeks. About the Cardinals prospects, I am Kyle Reese. I am your host for Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark, uh, also for the Charlie Marlowe YouTube network. Uh, again, so how this works, if you're brand new here, is we, uh, we try to have a very open and honest conversation about the Cardinals prospects. Uh, so we ask you to bring your questions, and um, you know we'll go over it. We already have somebody requesting, uh, but and it's somebody from Go Nats Go. Please like my tweet. Uh, again, this ought to be fun. We're just gonna go ahead. I'm not we're not gonna invite him to co-host. Uh, I'm gonna add you as a speaker, and uh, Go Nats Go. Please feel free to uh, chime on in if you have anything at all you would like to say, uh, unless of course this is about the Nats, and then we're not gonna be any help to you. hello all right so we'll remove you from speaker because it doesn't seem like you have anything to say and we will go to our good friend uh christian rabbit at spooky cheese it's christian I'm asking adding you as a speaker thank you for coming on in here and uh, how are you my friend oh uh, it says you're muted chris is that, is that oh, better
1: my go. apologies
0: oh no problem at all brother how are you I'm doing well thanks
1: how are you Kyle
0: oh, I'm doing okay I'm uh, I'm a little a uh, little dragon ass uh, if I can say so but We'll get through it together, bud. I, How, what, what's going on in your life?
2: Uh, not much. It's been it's been a long week, and it's only Monday, so I uh, I sympathize with the dragging ass part. Oh, I hear you, man. So uh, my question to you, sir, is about one
0: Alec Burleson
2: and uh, what you have been most impressed with in terms of his development since uh, the beginning of the season.
0: That's a great question. You know, I think the most important thing, and what we talked about, it is dirty, flirty, right up is, uh, you know, we needed to see Alec Burleson make some adjustments against left-handed pitchers. That was the one area that he was really weak against uh, in 2021. You know, he, he had that rocket ascent through the minor league, you know, drafted in 2020, 70th overall pick. Um, you know, he starts the year off at high A Peoria, gets a quick promotion that was deserved to Springfield, gets another relatively quick promotion to, to Memphis to end the year got off to a bit of a struggle, and then uh, really started to hit again, just like he had done at the other two levels, the other two lower levels. And But, you know, like I said, the one weak area for him, other than he needed to continue to improve defensively in a corner, both left and right field. Uh, you know, he's better suited for right, but he also played first base a lot at East Carolina and also for the collegiate Team USA. Uh, but, no, that, that's it. You know, he the mechanical adjustment he made kind of tap into a little bit more of his power and also to – hit lefties a little bit better. It's just a quick little, tiny little thing to stay back on the baseball a little bit more that allows the baseball to get a little bit deeper. And since he has a pretty smooth hitting mechanic uh, with pretty quick hands, uh, that's that has been a big adjustment for him, as small of a mechanical adjustment as it's been. So, yeah, the, 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 the most impressive thing is he he continues to get better out in the outfield. You know, he, he isn't uh, a top-tier defensive outfielder, but he's a really solid, uh, you know, average to potentially above-average outfielder with an above-average arm out in the the outfield. Remember, he he was a two-way player in East Carolina, too. He, he was a, you know, a relief pitcher, a pitcher, and uh, he had a really strong arm. So that he flashes that arm out in the outfield. It might be one of the more under, underrated arms in the Cardinals organization from, a, from an outfield perspective. So, yeah, it just continues to get a little better on the outfield uh, while continuing to hit lefties. And if he can hit lefties, you know, that's That's probably going to be the difference between him being some type of, you know, platoon type player in the major leagues when he makes the major leagues or being an everyday starter. That honestly, the way his his hitting has developed, he is almost he's become kind of like Brendan Donovan with a little bit more power. You know, he kind of slaps the ball around where he needs to slap it around. Uh, He's just an impressive young man. So, Christian, that's uh, that's my thoughts on on that matter. Do Do you have any other questions or any other thoughts? Anything you want to tap in there?
2: No I mean um the one thing that I did see and I've only been able to watch a couple of games was uh compared to last year is you mentioned the uh letting the ball get deeper and you know the smooth hitting mechanic it's still quite an explosive swing even for how smooth it is and that's one of the things that really impresses me about bellison and uh, you know it's it's a very fun swing to watch and I w- I can't wait to see what he will do at the major league level so that's uh that's just about it from me and thank you for having me sir
0: No oh, no Christian I really appreciate you coming in you're the best uh, thanks for saving the beginning of this cuz you guys know I will ramble and ramble and ramble. And I asked if uh, anybody in that little group chat had any questions, I would really help. So you're, you're a big help, Christian. I appreciate it. I am going to remove you from speaker. Uh, tell you, thank you one more time. And then uh, as we wait for another person to bring a question, um, I'm I am going to ramble on maybe just a little bit more about, about Burleson. I know, uh, I know that the next thing that we're going to see, you know, we've had a lot of people, they start talking about comparing one. Yep. swing. We've heard comparisons to Miguel Cabrera. and then. We start talking about more and more comparisons and more and more comparisons. And this person's swing looks like this. And this person could be that. Uh, one of the things that we're going to hear a lot, I would bet, when Alec Burleson makes his Major League debut, is I would imagine there's going to be a lot of Larry Walker comps for his stance, for his swing. Uh, again, he probably isn't going to be a Hall of Famer. But uh, we're going to see those comps, I would imagine. Uh, and, I, you know, we'll see him on, on Twitter and we'll also hear him on the television broadcasts, uh, regardless of if it's regional or national uh the the gm gersh uh michael gersh is we're adding him as a speaker now uh this is not the actual michael gersh this is just a really delightful man who i am anxious to have on our little podcast here the prospect margarita gm gersh down at the bottom you'll see mike is off you'll have to unmute your mic and then the floor is yours my friend how are you i'm
2: doing great how are you
0: oh i'd love to do it I'm, i'm doing good man i'm doing good i'm glad you're here what's up What's on your
2: mind? Well, uh, I know one per I know I know a player that everyone
0: loves to talk about, so I'll just bring him up.
2: Uh, so let's talk about Jordan Walker for a minute. Uh, you know, he's been pretty unbelievable since you know he's been in our system, and uh, you know he's all the way up to Double A now. And um, I don't know if you knew this, but he recently cracked the top ten on Baseball America. So um, you know, he's rising through the ranks fastly. And I know uh, you're not crazy about you know. People rising up on type on different you know different websites and stuff like that because you think it kind of overhypes things and stuff like that. But is this a guy for sure that could be in the future a number one prospect in all of baseball and uh, long term defensively? Do you think is it is it a corner spot or is it maybe at first base or at, you know a designated hitter
0: type? No, that's a great question. You know i uh, I do not have a problem with finding a player within the Cardinals organization in the top, you know, the top 10 or whatever they are uh, nationally. I just think sometimes it creates unrealistic expectations And you, you kind of hit it on, hit on this. I'm just going to elaborate for somebody who might be new to this. Uh, You know, I think that it just might create some unreal expectations for, for fans. And I'm always a little leery about that. You know, uh, a minute ago I, I was very curious about this. So before we started the prospect Macarena, I went and I looked up uh, what Dylan Carlson in his age 20 season, what his, and I got, I'm going to pull it up now. Um, and of course now I don't remember, <laughs> but the gist was that at about the same time, they were both uh, Dylan Carlson in his age 20 season. He was 20 for the entire year, which is a little bit different where Jordan Walker just turned 20 at the end of May. Uh, but it's technically both are age 20 seasons. It all boils down to, you know, while Walker hits more doubles and Carlson maybe hit for more more, He had some triples in there, but maybe a little bit more power. Uh, they both had a WRC plus of about 145, which is incredible for their age and at that level. Uh, but I wanted to do that to also show people that, you know, Dylan Carlson struggled. And he's still been really good. I think even with his struggles, you know, 9 to 12 or 9 to 16 percent better than league average at the major league level for a kid who just turned you know 23 in his age 23 season. That's really impressive. Now, I would suspect Jordan Walker doesn't quite, like, he's going to be better than that, I think, when it comes to it. Uh, But, you know, what happened with Dylan Carlson is, if you know, uh, (laughs) not to be a jerk, but if you weren't following me, then you didn't know that he was going to struggle. Like, we talked about it on pad. We talked about it in his write-ups. It was going to take two or three years for him to get going. Before he got hurt, we were starting to see that. I believe we were starting to see the actual true Dylan Carlson manifested at the major league level. Uh, So I just get a little worried. And, you know, we already have people talking about him being a bust, which is nuts. And I hate that. And it's not fair to the kid because, you know, it's not like it was in 1984 when a player would come up and he might struggle a little bit and actually get a chance to prove himself. A lot of a lot of opinions are made uh, and a lot of opinions are expressed because they've already been made on social media. And nowadays, it's almost impossible for any human being on Earth to not get some of that backlash. So that's that's the genesis of my concern sometimes or my, um, you know, how I react to to people finding their way into top prospects list. Uh, That is not to take away from Jordan Walker. He is a special player, just like Dylan Carlson. They do it a little differently, but they are special players. Uh, It might take a little while to get going. Uh, And, you know, the thing that I, I would think to your question about if he could be a number one prospect in the Cardinals organization or, you know, in all of baseball, rather. I think that if, it's, it's funny because I think if he were a left fielder or a right fielder right now, he'd probably be higher up on the list. You know, his defense at third is really solid. He has a throwing issue over there that I'm sure he'll get better and better at. Um, but, you know, I think right now, if you're talking about Jordan Walker or right fielder, he's probably a top five prospect or at least in consideration for a top five. You know, the, the, a lot of national rankings will hold him down defensively because he isn't Nolan Arenado projected at third base because honestly, he isn't even Nolan Gorman projected at third base. At least as of right now, he'll get better. He'll get stronger. I think if he was given two more years to play third, he you know, at the minors and to really cultivate his defensive skills, I think he'd be able to handle it and be a really impressive player. Uh, But it's funny. It's like, oh, if this guy was a, uh, if this guy was already an outfielder, he'd probably be ranked higher. So the fact that he's still learning another position that's more difficult than outfield, it almost gets like held against him. Um, I think I think he'll be in that discussion by the end of the year. I also think that it's easy for us to say uh his best position might be in left field or it might be a right field or first base. But I think that undersells his athleticism a little bit. You know, I um he's fast. He's strong, he's fast, and he's instinctual, not just on the base pass, but in the field. And what I'd like to see honestly, and I don't know if they do it because of how tough it would be of a transition, you're asking a lot of uh, of a player that you need his bat just as much as you need his defense. The, the position I'd like to see him get reps at when it's time for him to get reps somewhere other than third, which is either at the end of this year or next year, is I want to see him get reps in center field. I, I want to be on record as being the person who pushes that. Because he's, you know, he's not, look, he's not Harrison Bader. Yeah, you know, no one's Harrison Bader. Uh, but he's quick, and he's strong, and he's instinctual. He has a really great arm. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of a monster out there in center field, if given the chance... Uh, you know, more than likely he's going to default to a corner position. The Cardinals organization might even dictate, you know, what happens with Tyler O'Neill, what happens with Dylan Carlson, what happens with Harrison Bader, what happens with Alec Burleson, Lars Newpark. It might be a situational thing. But that is also part of the reason why I'd love to see him get reps in center. I think that that makes him more versatile when it's time to call upon him. Uh, but, you know, that's that's somewhere down the road, and that's just my thoughts. And I know I'll be in the minority with that. Uh, and, you know, there's there's always that, that next question, GM Gersh where could he play shortstop, Uh, you know, right now when I watch him again, because I think his throws are a little off because I think he's a little slow delivering the ball. Sometimes um, I I would not think that he could play short. That's not a position you'd want to project him at. Uh, But I think anywhere you put him, he's going to, he's going to be good. He's going to be good defensively. I, I told C70 when we were doing the meet me at usual podcast, uh, that I I think that there's Gold Glove defensive caliber corner outfielder at the very least. He's a special young man.
2: Yeah, and you know he would probably uh, on some of these like this list from Baseball America. I like you know I liked your answer and what you said, and uh, really I mean he would probably be higher. But uh, some of these websites still have some people that you know have been up pretty much a lot this year and just haven't graduated yet. And I mean really, there's probably only three people that haven't been up that is ahead of him that's been a a minor leaguer. So he's really, he's listed as 10, but really uh, people that hasn't reached the majors, he would be four or five. So I think that's pretty promising already. Like you said, towards the end of the year, you could see him as, you know, being in that discussion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was a conversation I had with somebody on Twitter and, you know, it's something that we've tried to push specifically with my writings and also with Prospects After Dark over the years is uh, just how, just what an elite prospect is. You know, you get a top 10 prospect in baseball, that's an elite prospect. And sometimes it's easy to go back and, you know, when they're maybe not hitting as well as you would suspect or want an elite prospect to hit at the major leagues, it's easy to say, well, you know, he was top 10, but he wasn't elite. Or, you know, to look at someone like Nolan Gorman, who was a top 30 prospect and say, well, that's not elite. Well, you know, a top 30 prospect in baseball is a pretty elite Mm -hmm. standing. Again, it's, it's all about perspective, you know, and I, Maybe it's because I end up caring about these kids maybe a little bit more than the the average fan before they make it to the majors. It just seems like unfair expectations in need of perspective adjusting. And, uh, you know, I, any way you cut it, Jordan Walker is special. You know, he could... He, look at it this way. He has a 145 WRC plus right now at AA. He could take like a 10% cut and still be like a 130 WRC plus, you know, th- offensively. He could still... Producing runs at 130%, you know, a 30% above league average. Which is insane. Which is insane
2: to think about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and you know, it his first year with the Cardinals, he might have a 109 WRC plus. Whether that's next year, the year after, or later on this year, I mean, who knows? And then the year after that, it might be another 109 to 115. Uh, but there'll be a time when he's a 120 guy, just like with Dylan Carlson. There'll be a time when he's a 120, 130 guy. And what's, you know, separates Jordan Walker is he might be able to carry the 145 for a couple levels uh, and for a couple of years at the highest level.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I only got one more question. I think it will be really quick uh, if you don't mind, Yeah. Uh, because he hasn't made his minor league debut. I'm sure he's in camp. Right there, but there's not a lot of information out there about him, so I was kind of figured you might have the answer on if what, what's going on with him. Uh, so I know there's a lot of excitement when uh, the Cardinals sign this player from overseas and one been uh, Chu. so uh, is he going to make his MILB debut later this year? Do you got any update on him uh, when he can make his pro debut over here
0: Yeah, my guess is so technically he is, he's an international signing. Correct. But he, you know, he's been at the Florida Complex. Right, right. So, yeah, so he actually is part of the, the Florida Complex League roster. That season started today. He did not play today. But, yeah, I would suspect, With the, I mean, if he doesn't play tomorrow, I would suspect that within the next week he's definitely making his organizational debut, which is which is awesome. I, I will also remind people that that's kind of a loaded outfield there. There's Jeremy Ramos. There's Felix Tavares. There's Luis Pino. Uh, and also other guys that I'm not mentioning and I'm, I'm overthinking right now or overlooking rather. So he, it's going to be kind of hit or miss with playing time. There's a lot of guys on that roster, but yeah, don't be surprised. And I think technically, even though it's, it's W O N B I N C H O, I think it's actually win bin Cho, Uh, but I, I don't remember for sure. I'll have to go back and check, but yeah, uh, I cannot wait for him to make his, uh, his organizational debut and hopefully it's within the week. Okay. Thank you, Kyle. Hey, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. So uh, we have I'm going to thank you for participating. You're a hero. I'm going to remove you from a speaker. Um, So we have two people on deck. We have uh, J.D. Alfonso, who I'm going to add as a speaker right now. And then after him, we have Joseph Catalini uh, at Jose Gato 6. You will be up next. Uh, J.D., you will notice that you have a little uh, J.D. Alfonso. You will notice. Yeah, it looks like you you unmuted yourself. How are you, J.D.? I'm doing well. How are you, Kyle? Uh, I'm doing really well. Thank you for participating in our little festival here.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, So I joined a little bit late. I'm not sure if anybody's asked about Delvin Perez yet. Um, But I was wondering what you might expect uh, for the future of Delvin, because I don't think his path to the majors seems uh, very clear. And some of the national uh, guys have him ranked pretty high in the Cardinals system, which kind of confuses me a little bit. But I just kind of wanted to see what your take on all that was.
0: It's you know it's honestly been rough for Delvin this year. It seemed like uh, it seemed like he entered this year trying to adjust his approach, trying to be more patient at the plate, and it did not work for him. I, it just it was not good for him. Now he isn't hitting particularly like better over the last couple weeks, but I feel like he's taking better at bats. You know we see we saw him hit his first home run last week. Uh, I, I feel like he's hitting the ball a little bit harder. Uh, you know, the, the thing to keep in mind with Delvin Perez is this is his last year in the organization. Uh, Seven-year minor league free agents will be his last chance to make a 40-man roster. Now, the, of course, he could always sign back with the Cardinals after this year or sign in a different organization. But the gist is right now, Delvin Perez isn't a major leaguer. He doesn't seem pro, He doesn't seem like he's, he's ready for AAA either. Uh, you know, you never know. Maybe you get a guy at AAA. This is his second year at AA. Uh, maybe you get him at AAA and you think to yourself, and maybe he thinks to himself, all right, I finally got my opportunity. I'm going to try to run with it. And he runs with it. Uh, I don't necessarily think I, I see that. Um, you know, the other thing to keep in mind about Delvin is now that Mason Wynn is at double A, Delvin has become a utility player. He's played a little second, played a little third, uh, center field and right field. So he's kind of, you know, now he's being asked to adjust on the fly there uh, while, while continuing to improve offensively. And it's a lot to ask a kid, but he's still young and there's still a chance. It just seems to me like his time in the organization is probably waning. Uh, I wouldn't count him out yet, though. You know, I, I don't know. I Watching him last year was fascinating because he got off to a little bit of a slow start. Had a couple of really good moments early on. And then he fired on all cylinders. You know, defensively, at short, he was playing great. He was hitting the ball all over the place. And then he dealt with some stuff in the early part of August, and he just... It was like his entire season collapsed around him. And he hasn't been able to rediscover that, that pre-August 2021 uh, uh, prospect mojo or his own baseball mojo. So, you know, if the question is, is Delvin Perez ticketed for a major league debut? At this point, I- I'll say no. It seemed like at this point last year, I would have said, yeah, yeah, he's probably a year away. I don't know what it means. He might only be a utility player. Uh, He might only be up for a little bit while somebody's on the I.L. and then back down. Uh, It might be more than that. But right now, it's just it's not positive for him, Uh, although, again, not to not to maybe try to make things shinier than what they are. I will say I feel like his at-bats have been better, even if the results haven't necessarily been so much better uh, over the last, you know, two to three weeks or so. Does that answer your question? Do you have a follow-up or any additional thoughts? Um,
1: yeah, that does answer my question. I guess my quick follow-up is um, you said that he put on a – I remember you talking before about him putting on a lot of weight before the start of last season, and he kind of lost it over the course of this uh, of the previous season too. So over this last offseason, was he able to put on more weight or does it kind of look like um, he's held
0: over from uh, the end of last season? He, he looks a little like tangent – he doesn't look that much different than what he looked like uh, and his weight from what I understand, because it is something I've asked about his weight is about the same as it was this time last year, maybe just like a three or four, you know, maybe five pound difference uh, which, you know, is kind of a big deal for somebody who is as skinny as he is probably, but you know, he's allegedly stronger than he's ever been, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the, the weight that he put on between 2019 And uh, the beginning, the end of the 2019 season and the beginning of the 2021 season was substantial. It was like 30 pounds or 25 pounds or something like that. Uh, And it seemed to be the difference between maybe him being a fringe prospect and and working his way into the top 15 in the Cardinals organization. Uh, And for whatever reason, the success just hasn't carried over, even with additional weight as compared to the 2019 season. Thanks so much, Kyle. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, it's my pleasure. J.D. Alfonso. Uh, I'm going to mute you. Uh, I'm going to remove you from speaker. I'm going to tell you again. Thank you so much for participating. Uh, we are going to get to Joseph Catalini uh, at Jose Gato six. I'm going to add you as a speaker. And I'm also going to tell Eric Mallory, uh, Eric Mallory three, that you are next on deck. Uh, Joseph, how are you, my friend? Well, how are you? this evening?
3: I'm doing well, Kyle. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. I'm anxious, uh, I'm excited to have you here, and I'm anxious to hear your questions. Yeah, I've
3: been uh, I've been enjoying these little uh, these little chats, so thank you. Um, uh, so I'm actually I'm here watching my alma mater, Arizona Wildcats, get beat in the uh, in the regionals, but um, I, it got me uh, remembering uh, Ryan Holgate, and uh, you know yeah. thinking about that bomb he hit off Kumar Rocker in the College World Series last year. Um, but I know he's been really struggling down at Palm Beach. Uh, I know broadly he's you know been striking out a ton. Uh, I wonder if you had any insight into what's you know what's been his uh, his issue.
0: You know, uh, real fast, a shout out to Daniel Susak, right? Isn't that where Daniel Susack oh, is? Oh yeah, right? yeah, he's, he's awesome. A, yeah, a big monster catcher with a beautiful, maybe somewhat long swing. I, I've been digging a little bit into the draft, and uh, you know, I remember him from a couple of years back, but he's he's really exciting. So now, whenever I hear Arizona, like he's the one I think of.
3: Yeah, he can he can really frame it too back there. He looks he looks great back there.
0: Yeah, I like him a lot. He he would be an interesting pick at twenty two for the Cardinals, I think. But uh, uh, you know about Holgate. You know, uh, there, there's a reason why Holgate fell. That that big home run against Kumar Rocker was a monumental moment, right? I, I loved watching video of it. Um, but there are a couple things that really work against Ryan Holgate. I think I think one is limited athleticism. You know, again, he's super athletic. He he's more he has more athletic and like an arm than i have in my entire body i'm not i'm not trying to say that but he has like bulky motions and i think that you can see that sometimes at the plate and that you know that's carried over that swing can be smooth and it's obviously he obviously possesses a lot of raw power but he has also always kind of been a swing and miss prospect uh, a you know draft prospect that is and that's carried over he just he struggles with breaking pitches if he's not sitting on a fastball he can, you can get a fastball by him and it's easy to say mechanical or approach, but I I think that Ryan Holgate is a type of of prospect, you know, that probably suffers a great deal from no uh, 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 short season affiliated baseball. Uh, You know, I, I think that the very nature of 2020, I think that that, that hurts a a prospect like that, even though, you know, he's drafted in 2021. Uh, I just think, if he would have had a chance to go to a short season club last year, uh, the New York Penn league uh, uh, or uh, state college in the New York Penn league or Johnson city in the Appalachian league. Um, you know, I think that that, that would have been a great little taste or a great little uh, precursor to the 2022 minor league season. But I think guys like that with potential strikeout issues that don't get a chance to experience really anything other than, you know, the complex or, maybe a little Palm beach. I I think that they're the kind of guys who, who might suffer the most, you know, not, not everybody's going to be Alec Burleson. Not everybody has that, that contact tool uh, with potential power uh, on the horizon. You know, not everybody can even get into that. Uh, And I I think that when you're talking about a base of a prospect, that's, you know, can do a lot of things uh, can be a lot of things, but isn't there yet. I think I think it's going to take them a little bit longer to potentially reach their their ceiling um, and you know with honestly, like I can only go on with with him because he's only been at Palm Beach and then back at the complex. I can only go on some reports that I've heard and some people I've talked to, and that seems to be the 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 theme. it's just it's a combination of maybe not fully embracing an approach and not necessarily knowing how to approach your bats in the first place. So, you know, just, just give him a little time. He's still so young. I, I, it's not like the Cardinals to swing and miss with a prospect like this. And I don't think they're going to. I just think, you know, Russ Steinhorn and the boys down on the farm, I just need to work with them a little bit. He needs to continue to get reps and uh, kind of grow into his skill set if, if he's capable of growing into his skill set. Uh, again, I know that a lot of that is vague analysis. Uh, and I am sorry about that. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I, I go back and it's part of the reason, you know, I, I didn't aggressively rank Ryan Holgate uh, in my dirty flirty. I did not aggressively rank Austin Love in my dirty flirty. And it's because I, I had some of these questions about him. And the the questions have kind of carried over with both of those guys. Um, whereas maybe some of the prospects that were drafted or other draftees from 2021 have have done Some leapfrogging, uh, Joseph. Does that answer your question, or do you have a follow up? Is there anything you'd like me to maybe explain a little bit better? I'm sorry about that really vague answer.
3: Dinner finishing up on the stove here, but but I appreciate it, and I uh, again I like these uh, I like these chats.
0: Awesome. Hey, what, what you uh, you broke up there. What do you have finishing up? on? The oh, stove? just a
3: little dinner a little soup.
0: Ooh, that sounds good. Well. Well, thanks for the dinner idea and thanks for the question. Uh, I'm going to, re- I'm going to remove you from speaker. I'm going to tell you thank you one more time, and then we are going to go to Eric Mallory. I'm adding you as a speaker again, Eric. Before you, uh, before you unmute yourself and before you make your your uh, question, and I say hello. I just want to remind everybody that if you have any questions, now is a good time to jump on in. If there's anything you want to talk about, uh, jump on in uh, there too, Eric. How are you, sir?
4: I'm good. Thanks, Kyle, for having me on. Uh... I just wanted to say I appreciate what you do cuz uh I'm more of a double A guy and and uh, I don't know who's coming if you don't tell me so that's well appreciate. Uh,
0: oh, well thank you that's very flattering. I'm uh I'm sorry for all the misinformation I've given you over the years.
4: <laughs> it's been pretty good. It's pretty good. I you know I I uh I uh, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so I get to watch the, uh, I watch the drillers and the drillers are you know the LA's farm system and a lot of and they're always loaded so i go to try to go to every springfield when springfield's in town every time because i'm a cardinal fan i don't care about the dodgers but uh the uh i just gotta say that you know mason win wow uh yeah. i saw him live and i've seen tommy Edmond play shortstop that's why i said tommy Edmond can handle shortstop because i watched him do it and yeah. and i watched Lots of guys can then move to a Sosa. I've watched them all come through and play shortstop, but I ain't never seen nobody like Mason went and uh, he's, he's fantastic. And I mean, his hand to glove and how fast he is, how quick he is the way he man shortstop. He's the most legitimate shortstop I've ever, I've ever seen with my since, you know, watching guys on TV, obviously that are in the pros, but uh, just in the double a level, he was incredible. and, and uh, I just hope he can keep his hitting up so he can be in the big leagues in a couple of
0: years, because that's what it looks like. Yeah, he's a uh, boy. He's special. And, you know, it's rare that you get a kid that is that much fun to watch. He's you know, he he loves playing the game and it comes through while he's on the diamond. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're getting a chance to watch him. Hopefully. You know, I feel like they've what well, they've already been through
4: Tulsa twice this year or just once. Just once. You know, they can do in six game. Okay. They're doing six game sets now. So I expect yeah. I expect Mason to spend come back. I expect him to stay in double A. I don't know about you, Kyle, but I expect him to stay in double A yeah. the rest of the year. So I don't expect him to push him all the way to triple A unless they just need to. Um, mm-hmm. but uh I you know, it'd be best for him probably if he spent the rest of the year in double A. So I hope to see him again. But but I mean, just the speed, and you know, he. I mean, he can. If he's in a slump, he can bun his way on the base, right?
0: <laughs> so, oh yeah, no, and he, and he does. Like he's he's done that in the past. Yeah, he, look, he's, and this is part of why you know not to go after Baseball America uh, or J.J. Cooper or Kyle Glazer or our Glasser rather or our good friend Jeff Pontus, who used to be on Prospect Live. Like to not have him as toolsed up as he is on a top one hundred prospect list during the season where he is you know, coming into his own and his first chance to commit fully to being a position player and a shortstop and a hitter, uh, instead of having his, his interest split between pitching and you know, being an everyday player, uh, to watch him grow into himself the way that he's grown into himself is malfeasance. Like, even if they would have put him as a, number 100 on the list, you know, th- that would have been something. Like, but this type of – you know, it's always easy to say this type of player or a player like Mason Wynn is special he has special tools and it's special all across the board. He has the chance to have a special hit tool. There's that hit tool will be supplemented with surprise power, but he has, you know, 70 grade speed. He has 80, you know, we joke around a 90 grade arm and what I think might even be 80 or 90 grade instincts. You know, there, it's a different level, you know, and, you know, the, the thing that I find most impressive about Mason Wynn is he has that, that, that howitzer of an arm, but he doesn't ever overextend it. You know, he doesn't, he lets it loose. We know he lets it loose, but he doesn't ever get himself in trouble with it. And I think that that's super impressive for a 20 year old kid. If I had that arm, if I had half of that arm when I was 20 and playing baseball, I would have made so many bad throws. You know, one out of every 15 throws would have been a bad throw. And it's because you're so excited to have it. And I think that speaks to his maturity and to your point about, You know, he could bunt on if he gets into a slump, he can bunt on his maturity will allow for that. You know, he's not he's not going to get stuck in his ways. If he's hitting 200, he's going to try to bunt on like if he's going through a one for 15 slump. uh, He's going to try to bunt on because he he's a winner. He's a winner with tremendous baseball IQ that puts the team first. And, uh, you know, on every one of these or every podcast I've been on. Uh, I, I always try to tell people with Mason Wynn that it's not just fans, you know, it's, it's his teammates His teammates at every level he's been at have nothing but glowing reviews about how much, about how great of a guy he is, but also how much they love being around him. You know, uh, the Cardinals just lost Kramer Robertson to the Atlanta Braves in the, in, uh, you know, through waivers, uh, the Cardinals trying to supplement their pitching staff had to put Kramer on waivers. And, He's kind of the same way, but without all of those tools. You know, he has those tools, but like a lesser version. And Kramer Robertson's a leader. He has great speed. He plays a really solid defense. You know, arm isn't even near the same caliber. But uh, I only bring up Kramer because losing Kramer Robertson, as dumb as it sounds, is a tough blow for the organization because of how beloved he is, you know, at Memphis uh, to even kids younger than you know the the kids at double-A, low A, at the complex. They all thought extremely highly of Kramer Robertson, and uh, you know it's a blow when they're not around. Uh, but it is it is a it is a boost when they are around. So that you know that those are the intangibles that you know can't be measured that we all love. You know whether it be stat nerds or '80s baseball fans, we all love that. So he's he's just. He's such a lovable and exciting baseball player, and I'm glad you get to watch him. And hopefully, he'll, like you said, he'll he'll be there all year at Double A. I, I would suspect that unless he goes on some crazy tear, and you know, we joke around about it, but eats chicken and rice and does 200 every every day for the rest of the season, uh, <laughs> you know, he uh, he'll he'll be at Double A probably for the remainder of the year. So those Tulsa trips are going to be worth making.
4: Yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, I mean, I just. I met them, you know. Met, uh, talked to Mason and to Jordan Walker, and they were super nice kids, super nice, and and then they were all business when the game started. They just were all business like, and I was really impressed with them. And everybody, everybody they look at Mason, I think he's too small, and I'm going, I'm going, and that kid can play. He can, he can run, and he he, he might have hit a ton of home runs, but he's going to hit a bunch of triples. Yeah. So and uh and there's nothing more fun than watching triples, so uh and uh and, and you were right about the arm it is uh, I don't know how fast he can throw it, but it seemed like his his upper nineties, so going across the diamond when he let it go, yep. so and you're right he didn't he doesn't throw it as hard as he has to every time he throws it as hard as he needs to, that's so and that's it, I mean, the only times I saw him really cut loose is when he had to, so and he didn't have time, so and it was just impressive, and i I just wanted to. Talk about him because I was that he was most impressed. I was the most impressed by him in a long time. It's been a long time since I've been impressed by somebody that much. So,
0: anyway, thanks. Hey, no, it's my pleasure, uh, Eric. I really, I'm, I'll, I'll remove you from speaker. Uh, I'll say again, thank you so much for participating in this. Uh, I will remind everybody that if uh, if you have any questions, you should feel free to chime on in. Uh, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, there's there's nothing to be afraid of here. Uh, I, I like this because it allows for interaction. Uh, so, if you have any questions, please feel free to chime in and ask your questions. Uh, you know, it's it's nothing but glowing reports about Mason Wynn. And as that gentleman, as uh, Eric Mallory brings up, I I have not like in past years I've been able to make the trip to Springfield or make the trip to Memphis or um, oh boy, Tory uh, or make the the, the tri- you know the trip here and there. And I just don't have the time for that anymore. My my time is split between St. Louis and Charleston, Illinois, because that's where my girlfriend lives. Uh, so I make the trip to Peoria every once in a while, but I can't make the trip to Springfield or Memphis all that often anymore. Uh, we did go to a Springfield Lucky Horseshoes game over the weekend, an uh, in indie League team, and that was a lot of fun. But, uh, uh, oh, Tori, Tori, come back. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. And if you can make it out, you should, because, you know, think about that excitement that Alec Eric Mallory just talked about Mason win with. He actually got to see it and feel it and experience it. And I miss that. Uh, I, I don't get to do that anymore. And if you can, then you definitely should. Uh, so we have a couple questions up. Uh, we're going to start with, uh, with, with Tori May. Uh, Tori, I am going to add you as speaker. And I'm going to ask you to be quiet for a second as I tell Jake Fouts. Uh, look out, it's Fouts. You're up next. And then uh, a returning guest, Fuzzle Light. Fuzzle Light, we'll get to you uh, here in just a little bit. So Tori, uh, it's your turn. Please unmute your mic and uh, uh, you'll see that at the bottom and assault me with whatever question you have.
1: Um. So basically, <laughs> I would like to know if you think that David Freeze will make it to the Cardinals <laughs> Hall of Fame or yeah, the I'm... real Hall of Fame.
0: No, he's not going to make the real uh, Hall of He got to fame
1: play at that thing, though, over the weekend or like last weekend. The uh, what is it? The Cooperstown thingy. Then
0: he's he's already in the Hall of Fame.
1: No, he's not. But he got to play oh. at it.
0: But I would like I think to
1: think that one day he'll make it there.
0: I think you should go and check it out. Maybe he's already there. Maybe that was his induction this weekend. No, only a part of his jerseys there. Well, that's like being in the Hall of Fame.
1: <sighs> not quite. Not quite what I'm looking for, but
0: I think I think that he's fantastic. So do you think I he'll at least make in
1: it into... into the Cardinals Hall of Fame?
0: Yeah, he'll be a first ballot. There's the minute he goes on that ballot, you might as well just go ahead and uh, put his uh, put his put put a red jacket on him. He's beloved and, uh, you know, believe it or not, some fans are actually crazy about their affection for David Freeze. Uh, not, I don't believe not that. Not any fan I know.
1: <laughs> I have no
0: idea who you're talking about, Kyle. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I've been accused of hating David Freeze, so it's hard for me to say. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to say, but I know he's awesome. I love him. I. It'll be an exciting moment, too, because he's a local kid. You know, everyone knows that, and yeah, it's just a really great story, Tori. And, uh, you know. I will be there for his are. induction. <laughs> well, I'll be there, too. I'll be either there or Peoria, one of the two. All right, you got to buy me a drink, though. I'm not doing either of those <laughs> things. Bye, Kyle. <laughs> All right, bye. Thanks for the question. I'm <laughs> uh, removing Tori from speaker. Uh, Jake Fouts, you're up next. Jake, uh, look out, Fouts. And then we'll get to Fuzzle like the returner. Uh, Jake, uh, go ahead and unmute your mic. It's down there at the bottom. Uh, Jake, have you asked a question before? Why do I feel like you've asked a question before?
5: Uh, you know, Kyle, I was going to say, long-time listener, first-time question asker, so happy to be here. Um, I've been spamming your DMs about the last two months, I think, so uh, I, I oh. apologize for that, uh, for all no. my questions in there. But just a couple quick hitters for you. Um, I am. I, I would like to elect myself the president of the Markevian Tink <laughs> uh fan club. Uh, okay, and I mean he—he he seems like he's been exciting as of as of lately. I know they're they're easing him back in, and he's made a couple of starts. But wanted to get your take on him and the progression that we've seen from him recently, and and where you think he's heading in terms of a
0: trajectory. First off, do not uh, getting back to the DM stuff. Don't be afraid to get in my DMs. I knew I had seen your handle and your name, and I couldn't remember where it was from. So I, I feel I love that you're taking part in this. Thank you for transitioning from the DMs to uh, the little Q and a thing we have. I am I'm, I'm appreciative of that. What, what I'll say about Markevian hence is that really all that set him back last year was just a little arm fatigue. You know, I would imagine that last year we would have seen him at Palm beach and we might even have seen him at Palm beach to start this year. Uh, if not for that, that fatigue, but you know, they were just being a little extra careful with him reasonably. So the growth that we've seen is, you know, he's a little taller. Uh, he's still skinny. You know, he's got a little dove and Perez in him where he's just, doesn't really put on weight, um, uh, you know. I I don't think that that's going to be an issue. I understand why people would think it is, but uh, along with that height growth has come growth and all of his stuff. You know, his curveball he could always command. I, I guess maybe maybe we'll start this a little bit differently when we talk about Markevian Hens. When when the Cardinals drafted Hens, it was uh, you know what made him so intriguing was he was building velocity. You know, from the low nineties to the mid nineties. He would flash maybe a little higher, uh, but he commanded for a teenager, a prep player. He commanded a changeup and a curve, maybe better than a lot of other prep arms can. So that's that's what made him such an intriguing pick at that point. You know, he was always spelt. Um, that kind of works against him, but not only that, he had an incredible pitch ability uh, and repeatability in his mechanics, and all of that is maintained. But the, the sharpness of his breaking pitches has continued, is my understanding. His fastball can get up to 97. You know, there was rumors that on the backfields of the complex, he was hitting 100. Uh, you know, that curveball has gotten heavier spin uh, than, it, than it had in the past. And he's commanding it as well as he did pre-draft. And the changeup is coming along. And maybe some rumors of a sinker in there, too. And, and maybe messing around with the cutter a little bit here, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's all just coming together for him. The question will be, can that arm hold up with being as skinny as he is? And I, you know, I, Tristan McKenzie comes to mind. You know, people, people question Tristan McKenzie a lot. And I think that uh, I really do think that Tink Hentz, Markevian, could be some version uh, of Tristan McKenzie. I, You know, I, again, I say that as someone who hasn't even looked to see how McKenzie's doing or, uh, you know, how he's holding up. But I know that when the Cardinals went up against him last year or a couple of years ago, I was impressed with him. I remember watching him in the minors and being impressed with him. Uh, I that's and I think, and it's a lazy comparison, but maybe more of a you know maybe less of a comparison and more of a trajectory than anything else. Where you know the concern being with Markevian Hens is that he's svelte, uh, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that even without putting on big weight, that he can become a major league starting pitcher because he's special. He uh, again. You know he and Alec Willis go about it a little differently, but I think both of those young men have a chance to be special. Uh, you know, Tink is at Palm Beach. Uh, Alec Willis is on the Florida Complex League roster. Uh, but yeah, look, the Cardinals have a uh, the the Cardinals have something potentially special in Markevian. Hence, it's because of how he repeats his delivery, because he can throw with uh, measurable velocity and spin, and he comes from an arm angle that complements. The, the type of pitches that he throws. So uh look, he, he's special and he's the next big name uh to probably keep an eye on beyond, you know, uh, the, the guys who are at the major league level now and the guys who are at double A and uh triple uh, A currently. What do you,
5: awesome. what do you think? Jake? You, no, I I mean that's more than what I even thought you even to expect. I mean he's he has obviously a special talent but Uh, especially what you're talking about in terms of the arm angle that he uses, his control of the off-speed pitches is incredibly exciting. Um, And and then one more quick follow-up. I don't want to take too too much of the group's time. Um, As a proud uh, graduate of the Big East, I'm a a huge Gordon Graceffo fan. Yeah. um, And and he struggled a little bit recently. But um, I'm curious on your thoughts on how the organization is going to use him. Are they going to continue to let him progress? Or are we going to see kind of the same usage of Andre Palante and other kind of Jack and Andre Palante around one way or the other. So what do you see Graceffo, how do you see him being used moving forward?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to come down to what he's showing when a need is available or when, when there's something of need. You know, I think if they go into the offseason next year and they haven't, you know, in their minds, fully filled out the bullpen, I think he'll probably, he has the potential to fill the Andre Palante role that, you know, Palante filled this year. I, I definitely think that's coming. I, I would like more. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way that Marmol has used Palante. Maybe I have a little bit more hope that long-term Palante does get a chance to start, uh, whether it be later on this year or maybe in the near future or, you know, next year. Uh, which would mean my hope would be that if that happens with Graceffo, really where he follows the, the Palante route or he gets that first opportunity the way that Andre Palante got his first opportunity, that maybe two years down the road, uh, he's getting a chance to start too. But I, I think that more than likely it's just going to depend on what the organization's need is at the time that he's pushing the envelope. You know, I, I still would have liked Andre Polante to work on his arsenal and the lower levels uh, before getting a chance to open the season with the big club, although he earned it. So I'm fine with it. And he's done great relatively speaking since uh, you know, I, I, I think that that's the most likely scenario for him. I, I, I'll maintain I, I feel the same way about Groo that I feel I felt about Ryan Helsley I just you know there's there's some things he needs to work on and I'll be honest when I was watching that start uh, last week the first his first bad start as a member of the Cardinals organization I, you know I don't know I didn't see it I, I kept trying to pick it up but I felt like uh, I believe it was it was either Northwest Arkansas or Arkansas now I don't remember but uh, the, the opponents, were picking something up. I think he was tipping his pitches, because he, you know, I've watched him get nothing but gnarly swings and misses, uh, keep hitters off balance, and it just felt like they knew what was coming. Uh, And, you know, his velocity was up. It wasn't an issue there. I just think, uh, you know, it it just didn't work out for him. He had his first bad start in the organization, and I'm anxious to see how he rebounds this week. That's honestly, like, uh, where my attentions will be more so than anything else this coming week, other than you know, is Moises Gomez going to find his way to triple air or not? Uh, Which, I mean, I think it's time uh, and that it hasn't happened yet. I think tells you more about the organization's outfield and what to do. Like the organization's question of what to do with their outfielders. But, uh, you know, having so many potential 4A guys, you know, not potential, but like Capel and Hurst and uh, Coulter and, and Tor- Turner now, who is down at double A. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now, but that's the thing I'm most anxious to see this coming week other than the complex stuff is how Gordon Graceffo rebounds after that last tough start, his first tough, tough start in the organization. So uh, I, I know, again, I, I have a tendency to ramble off topic, but does that answer your question about what will probably happen with Gordon Graceffo?
5: Yeah, absolutely, and it makes a ton of sense. I mean, we've seen it a lot in the past with the Cardinals in terms of how they use some of these versatile guys, so it makes a ton of sense, but uh, thank you, Kyle. I appreciate all that you do, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the chat.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure, Jake. Uh, I'll I'll tell you once again, thank you. Don't ever hesitate to, uh, to drop on in. Uh, I appreciate you taking part in this. I'm removing you from speaker, and I am adding uh, Fuzzle Light. Fuzzle Light, I'm adding you as a speaker. Uh, welcome back to the Prospect Macarena. Uh, Don't forget to unmute your mic and uh, tell us what's on your mind, yo.
1: Um, I had some thoughts on Paniagua. I might be butchering his name. I don't
0: know. But um, I feel
1: like he would have been like promoted to high A when uh, McGreevy and Graceffo were promoted. But then uh, I think they made Beller and Pereira. I don't know how to say his name. Starters. So uh, what are your thoughts on him?
0: Oh, I like Inohan, Paniagua, uh, a a great deal. You know, I put him on my dirty flirty entering the offseason. I didn't get to watch – I got to watch one of Paniagua's starts last year against Bradenton, and his stuff was present, Uh, even though he's had trouble throwing strikes. uh, It was just – he seemed – you know, you only get a week to watch the Palm Beach Cardinals play – you know, on MILB TV and it's in Bradenton. Now they'll get to watch him play in St. Lucie as well, which is exciting. And those games are like in August. So towards the end of the year, Uh, but the, the one start, it was obvious that he had great stuff. It was a matter of commanding it. And he's kind of a small guy too, relatively speaking, but he stood out. He's, he is a really great starting pitching prospect. Uh, you, you, You kind of answered your own question. I think, I think that, that Peoria bullpen was relatively loaded from a prospect standpoint. They had put a lot of um, starters, potential starting pitching prospects in the bullpen. And when Graceffo and McGreevy got the promotion, you know, John Beller had been pitching really well. John Beller deserved a chance at a starting spot. Uh, Wilfredo Pereira is not a relief pitcher. He is a starter. And casting him as anything else is just not going to work. Now, more than likely, if he ever gets close to the major leagues, he's going to have to adapt to a relief role. Uh, which, you know, probably doesn't suit him particularly well uh, and is a little hippo- hypocritical or contrary to my own personal beliefs on it. But just right now, he's, he just needs to get the starter innings. He works at a pace, a starter's pace. You know, uh, he doesn't, I don't know, He just he's more of a starter profile. And he might fizzle out before he even gets a chance to be that. But uh, that just suits him better. So, yeah, I you know, I think Paniagua is still super young. And there, I think that there's probably an incentive to keep maybe some of the Caribbean kids a little closer to Palm Beach, a little closer to Florida, especially when they're as young as Jose Moreno or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Edwin Nunez, who keeps going back and forth between the complex in Palm Beach or, Enohan you know, Paniagua, like. A lot of guys are getting promoted earlier than they normally do. And I think that someone like Kenny even though he was at Palm Beach basically all last year or all last year, it was all last year. Uh, even though he was at Palm Beach all last year, it doesn't hurt for someone of that age still working on stuff. Maybe still some command issues to continue to work there before getting the Peoria bump. It'll come. It'll come soon. I would imagine it comes after the draft. Once they start to sort some things out there. Uh, not to say that some of the draft picks are going to go straight to Palm Beach and that's going to move them up, but uh, you know, there's still a lot of things in flux within the organization pitching wise. Yeah. Once the, the major league or the the major league team, kind of sorts out their own 26 man. And then, you know, later on when they have to drop from 14 pitchers to 13 pitchers, I think that uh, I think you'll see these things kind of like sort themselves out. Uh, But yeah, look, he's, he's one of my favorites and I can't wait. till I get a chance to watch him with either uh, Peoria or if he stays at Palm Beach, uh, at Palm Beach when they play Bradenton or St. Lucie. Uh, what do you think, Fuzzle Light? Any thoughts?
1: Uh, no, yeah. That sounds like um, a good plan, I guess, because he's still 22. So, yeah, keep him there, I'd, I'd say, for the rest of the year. Thanks for answering my question.
0: Oh, no, my pleasure. Hey, thank you for participating in this again. I, uh, I'll i tell you thank you. Again, I'll, uh, I'll remove you from the speaker. And uh, I'll say, yeah, you know there was a time, and this is something that we talked about on um, uh, Meet Me at Mutual. And again, if anybody has any questions, I'm probably going to wrap this up. But uh, you know, feel free to ask your questions if you have them. Uh, I'm still I'm still on board for, for questions if it's if it's your thing. But uh, we talked about this on Meet Me at Mutual. You know, there used to be a time where prospects would spend an entire year, regardless of how they were producing at a minor league level. You know, uh, guys, a 21 year old would be at Double A all year, uh, and then you know, like that, That's how it used to be. And we're still adjusting to life following COVID, an entirely lost minor league season following following yeah, COVID. You know, the 2020 season was completely lost. And I think that there's still balancing going on. I think that there's still, um, you know, level familiarity that wasn't there in the years leading up to the lost 2020 season. And, you know, Inohan Piniagua was 22. You would probably want your 22-year-old prospect who has – Shown flashes of potential brilliance at low A to already be at high A, uh, but I again I'm I'm kind of in this position now where the more we're seeing prospects go from making a major league debut and then needing more time at Triple A and then maybe getting another taste of the majors and then still needing more time at the minors, like with guys that have big strikeout potential uh, hitter wise or pitchers that don't throw a ton of strikes I prefer unless they're going to be cast in a relief role almost immediately or something like that I think it's smarter and I I'd prefer that maybe we pump the brakes on prospects just a little bit you know it doesn't have to be full throttle uh, but just a little bit you know I again I I'm as excited for Jordan Walker's major league debut as anyone I was as excited for Juan Yepes or Brendan Donovan's uh debut or Nolan Gorman's or Matthew Libertor's debut, as anyone else, but I just think maybe we're maybe we're stretching just a little bit, uh, trying to get a lot of these guys to the majors. You know, I uh, what separates Juan Yepes and Brendan Donovan from even though Nolan Gorman has done some really amazing things. You know, Matthew Libertor has had been good in moments. Is you know Brendan Donovan was a collegiate athlete. Uh, Juan Yepes was in the minor leagues for seven years. He got seven years worth of at bats. Uh, you know, with, with the younger kids, the prep kids, the international signings, I just I think that it takes a little bit more time to get into your element, to realize your prospect standing. You have more time to grow. You're you're entering an organization at a younger age. You know, there, there's more development there. There's there's less trial and tribulation. And I think that uh, it behooves an organization to pump the brakes a little bit with those kids, especially after last year. They were the Cardinals were very aggressive with their prospects last year as compared to maybe some other organizations. So it would make sense that now there's a balancing or a leveling out. And I think that's happening in the Cardinals organization currently. Uh, And, you know, I say that now, but we could wake up tomorrow and and Inohan Paniagua could be at Peoria. I just haven't heard anything yet. So, uh, anyways, that is it for the Prospect Macarena on June 6th, 2022. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, for participating. I am enjoying doing this thoroughly. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You can, you'll can you be able to check out the podcast and the Birds on the Black podcast network. Uh, and then if you want to check it out on YouTube, that Charlie Marlowe will be putting it on his, uh, his YouTube page. So, you know, C-H-A-R-L-I-E-M-A-R-L-O-W. Check it out there. Uh, he puts a fun little graphic there, and I rant on, and you guys participate. But uh, everybody who asks questions, thank you so much. We're going to try to do this once a week like we've been doing. Uh, But for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, I am Kyle Reese. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking part in this. And uh, hey, 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 Macarena.